Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys didn't get too used to Thomas because he had to go back to his home in Vegas. Oh, I'm so sorry. I missed him. I know, dude. But uh, today I have Kyle with me. Yay! And Kyle brought beer. I brought beer. So we're just... What, what kind of beer, Adam? Oh, our favorite kind, our Kyle. Our favorite kind. Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Mm, cheers. Oh, man. So the, let me explain to you how how today is gone and how tonight is gone. So uh, I literally just came home from work. Yep. I text Kyle when I was like 10 minutes away from home and was like, all right, like just time to start heading over. <laughs> <laughs> so we came over, we hugged, and then I was literally just like, okay, let's save conversation for podcast. No more talking. Podcast time now. Because I knew we had to get going <laughs> on it. So here we are. So we don't have any subject or anything planned for you no. guys, but we have beer. But we have beer, and beer always makes the conversation better. Beer always makes the conversation better. So I guess I'll just start by, you know, how are you, Kyle? How's life been treating you? Um, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, you know, just uh, been working the old grind, you know, coming home, being a uh, dad, you know, s- staying at home with the wife, trying to get parenting figured out, make sure <laughs> we know what we're doing. <laughs> But how's parenting working out for you? Uh it's it's been great actually. It's it's been a one hell of a blast, you yeah. know. It's been crazy watching, you know, my little son grow up and learn things and you know, just the way he approaches the world is just so fascinating. Was there anything that like changed for you personally when your son was born i mean you hear that a lot i mean women it makes more sense because they carry the child for nine months right like what what is it they say that a a woman becomes a mother when they become pregnant and a man becomes a father when the child is born yeah basically what they say so like did did you personally notice was there any kind of like change or anything that you noticed within yourself when your son was born um i mean it's it's pretty much like almost right away like the second i saw his face for the first time it just like it's like that big just like everything hits you really? it's just kind of like oh crap this is my son this this little baby requires me for his life. Right. Like he w- will cease to exist on his own. <laughs> right. And it's just like it's this empowering thing. And it's like the first thing it's like I've noticed after having a son is there is probably no relationship that is as strong as like of, you know, a parent to a child. Right. Because it's like that's one thing I've noticed like growing up. It's like. Oh, yeah, it's like, you know, you're really close to your family. You know, you have some really close best friends. You get really close to your significant other, you know, your spouse. Right. But it's just like there's just something totally different when it's like, oh, this child depends on me. Right. Like what I want isn't as important anymore. It's mm. like it, it kind of, you know, goes down that road of just like, you know, it's it's him first. But it's like, of course, I'm still going to live my life. Right, right, right. Well, and that's and that's always, you know, the the constant I hear, you know, with, with young fathers or just fathers in general is just, you know, when the child is born, all of a sudden, you know, that that's it. It's like mm-hmm. your world is now that child, oh, whether, whether you even mean it to or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 
And I hear a lot of people say too, when they have a kid and they go through those emotions, they have that, you know, that feeling of like where they don't understand now the stories of like when kids or when parents abandon their child or, you know, you hear the stories all the time about some young mother leaving their kid in a dumpster, yeah, you know, and shit like that. Horrible, terrible things like that. And that, that becomes a huge thing too. You don't realize how vulnerable you are until you have that kid. Really? (laughs) It is it is mind-blowing that it's like once you have that kid, you're just like, oh, right. This entire world can take this child away from me at any time. Like the mm. universe can just decide like, no, <laughs> you, no. You, don't, you don't need that child anymore. We're right. going to take it, you know. And it's just it's so crazy how it, it becomes this thing of like basically like especially if you become really attached to your child. Because right. it's like, of course, what you just said, there are people that just for some reason are able to overcome that attachment uh-huh. and just totally, you know, abandon their children in well, horrible isn't, ways. Isn't that, uh, now it's a spectrum for sure, but isn't that what postpartum depression is that women oh, go it through? Can, it absolutely can be. It's I've seen, you know, and heard of, you know, postpartum manifesting in many different ways where it could just be a lot of crying or it couldn't be like, I don't want this child like get it away from me and it, like just freaks them out but it it is uh you know it is definitely one thing it's it's just really weird to like have this child and then feel like oh well you know i had my heart inside my body and it was protected by my rib cage and you know my skin and everything and now there's my child just sitting there and the whole world can go at it without any protection. You know, right. I have to step in and be the protection. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, like, it is this vulnerable feeling of just like, oh, well, you know, the world can do whatever it wants to this kid if you let it. It's like you it's like you, you literally have to man up at yeah. that point. Yeah, you, you, know? really, you really do. That's crazy, man. You know, and it's it's weird, you know, because as somebody, you know, who's not a father and a lot of, you know, my close friends now, like yourself, are becoming fathers. You know? Right. Because I, I was never, you know, really into kids, you know. Right. It's no, like, and I definitely you was know, it's not like I never, you know, I was always the one where it's like if I ended up going to somebody's house who had kids or something, I was always like, I don't know how to interact with them. Oh, or same. Or like me, I won't, like, till this day, I won't hold babies. Right. You know, the, yeah. I'll, I'll wait until they're older, you know, to where I don't feel like I'm going to break them if I touch them wrong. Right. You yeah, know? no, and that was but, absolutely 100% what I was going through up until that point. Which is why, like, there was a lot of fear during my wife's pregnancy that, you know, uh, I was going to have an issue being a dad of, like, well, I've never cared for children. I've never right. seen kids. It's like, oh, that cute. Anytime I've been around children, it's always just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, hey, there's a kid. Get, get away from me now. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with you. I can't really interact with you. And I'm so fucking terrified that I'm going to do something right. that is going to piss the parent off. And now yeah, I, I'm just going to have this constant battle with the parent from forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I remember specifically when I was younger, there was a incident I had. It wasn't like a bad incident or anything, mm-hmm. but I just remember I was hanging out with a friend and we went over to like, 
her her aunt's house or something who had a kid so she, so this friend of mine was the aunt of this child right right so uh we and i remember like she while we were over there she had to go do something and she handed the child to me and this was the first time like a child had been handed to me like right. a baby had been handed to me and i think i was like maybe 15 16 at the time and the minute she handed this child to me, this baby, it just started crying. And I'm just like standing there just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I rock it? Do I just like bounce it up and down a little bit? Like, and I literally just kind of like froze there until somebody right. took this baby from me, <laughs> you know? And ever since then, I was just like, all right, I'm no interest, babies. no interest in this yeah. at all. And it's just like, and of course it's like, that was a big thing too, because it's like, I'm, you know, the oldest in my family. I only have my one younger brother. He hasn't had kids yet. So, right. and it's like, Throughout my life, I've never really been around children growing, like babies growing up. I've never really seen friends having kids until recently. I didn't have family members that were older than me having kids so I can be see what being around a baby that is family is like. Right. So it's just like no, it's like it's constantly it's always oh that's somebody else's kid, that's somebody else's kid, you know. Yeah. And, and that's how I always was. It's just like I don't want to touch your kid. I don't want to hold your kid. Your mm-hmm. kid comes up, "Oh, hey, look at this thing I did." And it's like, "Oh, uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to talk to your parent. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and I will say that actually like my having close friends that have had kids now, mm-hmm. uh, the, out of all of my close friends, there's three of you now that have had kids. Right. Yeah. And, absolutely. uh, and I will say that that has made me more comfortable being around babies and kids and everything. D- Danny, our friend Danny, you know, being, you know, the main one because she has a kid who's, you know, eight years old now. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll go over to her place and play with her son and everything all the time. And, right. and same thing with Vince with his daughter now, you know, his daughter's exactly. old, a little old, Older now to where like you know I'll go over and she'll we'll play together and things like that right. and I'm sure with your son it'll be the same thing when oh, he gets yeah, a little yeah. older. So I definitely have gotten more comfortable now right. because of those things. Mm-hmm. But man, I I do remember at first it was like I always kind of had this thought process of like I I didn't even know if I wanted kids because I simply was just like I don't know if I'd be the best dad. Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm saying. It was a big worry that I had like going into this. That I'm just like I've never been great around kids. I'm not somebody that likes babies you know i don't like other people's kids and it's like it was the same thing being thrown back at me it's just like oh don't worry it's totally different once it's your kid it's totally different yeah and it's just like and that's what kept getting thrown i was just like yeah but i don't know because the child isn't here yet yes so i don't know and for me it was there it's like i still will like forever remember the moment that it just like it hit me like a truck of just like this is my kid. Everything's going to be different. Yeah. So it's just like, cause we had, you know, my son and I'm holding him and taking care of him and I'm having a good time, but I'm still just like, I'm not feeling that connection that a mother does, you know, cause it's like, Oh, well he's, it was inside of me for nine months and now, you know, he's attached to my chest to feed and everything. Right. So it's like, it's very, you know, integral into 
you know, the mother of how close they are to their child. Yeah. So it's like for a father, it's like you kind of have to develop that because it's just like you're not, See, you're not was, doing that. And like that's why a lot of the like the hospital and doctors will always say it's like, oh, give the dad skin to skin time. So it's just like, oh, it develops that connection. Mm. For me, it's like I will always remember the one point it was probably a month or two in. Uh-huh. To, so it didn't so it didn't really happen to you right away. Not right away. It was it was definitely a defining moment. It's like, of course it's like I loved my son. <laughs> Right, right, right. But it's like I was still looking for that. It's like, where's that connection, that un, you know, undying love, that never going to stop loving you. You are my everything. So it's like I was kind of waiting for that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure when that's supposed to come up. It was uh one like Saturday night where I was in charge of watching him, and he was in his crib sleeping, and uh he ended up waking up and starting to cry and i was like okay well i gotta go get the bottle ready and i gotta go in there because you know mom's sleeping and i want her to stay asleep right so i go and get the bottle ready he's crying he's freaking out because it's dark and he's in his crib by himself and i walk in there and i set the bottle down and i look over his crib to go grab him and as soon as he makes eye contact with me crying stops and a big smile goes over his face like he was just interesting so happy just to see my face i was just like there it is that was my moment i'm like now i'm attached to this kid forever interesting because that was that was i'm glad you explained all that because that's always kind of been a worry of mine Mm -hmm. right with having kids right is you hear these stories from fathers a lot where, you know, they say the you know, Vince is one of them who's told, you know, stories before to where when he first held his daughter, you know, mm-hmm. that was basically just as you said, hit him like, a, you know, a load of, you know, a truck, like a truck mm-hmm. hit him. Right. Yeah. And but those were always one of those things that just always worried me personally, because I was always just like, well, what if I have a kid and I hold that kid? And I don't get that yeah, feeling. And you feel nothing. Yeah. So like, what does that mean? Like, because yeah. uh, I would fucking sulk. Oh on yeah. That. I would, would be hold that with me. I'd be yeah. like, why do I not feel what everybody says? And, and you then the feel? next part would be, why did I have this child? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And so that's always been something that's kind of worried me because mm-hmm. I'm like. Like, I mean, I want to feel that way, but at the same time, as you know, you can't always help how you feel. No, you can't. So it's like, but it, so it actually makes you feel better when you said like, oh, it took me a couple months. Oh, you it, know, yeah, to no, like it, absolu- to it absolutely did. Because it was just always like, oh, well, you know, mom's at home, mom's taking care of the baby, the baby starts crying, mom's there to pick him up, give him food, you know, she's always there, always holding him, everything. It's like... And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's still, it's still this shocking moment of like, oh yeah, it's like, this is my child, you know, and I'm having fun and I'm holding him and I'm taking care of him. But it's like, yeah, it was really those moments of being alone with him, being the only one to take care of him, Mm. where it's just like, it's like, those are the moments where it really hits of just like, oh yeah, it's like that, this child needs you to survive. And then all of a sudden you see this child and they couldn't be happier their existence is you know a couple of months on this entire earth and you are the brightest star in the sky Mm, and it's just like oh it's like it it just hits you it's like and that's what happened it's like that hit me right in the feels i was just like oh god that felt so good i'm just like okay i'm a dad my child loves me my child wants me here and everything Uh and it's just like yeah and it's like and then you get those experiences as it goes on it's like oh watching 
watching your child crawl for the first time or say dada for the first time. It's just like, oh, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> do you want do you want more kids? For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And do you it's want, like, like a big family. Uh, I'm, I'm not really much of a big family. I didn't come from a big family. I yeah. was one of two. You right. Know, it was just me and my younger brother. Same here. So yeah. it's just like that's what I wanted. I wanted the nuclear family, you know, mom, dad, son, daughter. I'm good. I got uh-huh. one of each. I'm good. Uh the wife's like, No, I want four. So compromised. <laughs> got got right to the middle and we're like, Okay, we'll go to three then. Right. So it's just like I'm like, Okay, yeah, that works because I'm kind of like looking at it, I'm like, I really do want to have a daughter, you know, uh-huh. and have that kind of experience. But then at the same time, I'm like, my son could really use a brother if it works out the way it does. Because I'm like, right. I want my son to experience what I had. And having a brother yeah. is such a very significant experience growing I up. I 100% agree. I, you know, and, it, and it's funny. Because my brother and I were somebody where, you know, we, we fought a lot growing oh, up. Just as brothers all do. The time. You know, just all the as time. brothers do. And then when you're a teenager, as you know, also, you know, you, you don't want your brother hanging out with well, you yeah. and your friends and right. things like that. Because of the age difference. The age difference always plays in. You're always just like, ah, it's my little brother. Well, just... and with my brother, it was, and I, I can't, I can't remember what, well, let me just ask you, what is the age difference between you and your brother? Three years. Three. Okay. So I'm about the same. I'm like two and a half years with Thomas. Okay. And, uh. And it's funny thinking back to those times because now, like my brother, like Thomas, is like one of the like one of the, if not the closest person to me. You know, I I don't know what I would do without that man. Right. You know. So so I totally get of like you want to make sure your kid has that experience. And I really do think the growing up with a brother and having the competition and the fighting and everything is important. It's important. And it's what brings you together later in life. Because that's something that me and my brother still talk about to this day. It's just like, you... It's like, did you really think that after all of the crap we went through as kids that we'd end up this close? I'm just like, you know what? Not at first, but once you start digging into it, it's like, of course we were always going to end up this close. Yes. It's like the first thought is like, oh no, it's like the stupid stuff we did to each other, the stupid stuff we fought over and how yeah. it's like all my little brother wanted was my attention and my praise mm-hmm. and all I wanted was some alone time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that is very funny how that happens, you know, like in my case, you know, it, it was when I grew up, there were, you know, there were a lot of things I regret also, you know, right. like there were, you know, my brother who was in gymnastics and stuff like that. I never really wanted anything to do with my little brother. So like, even when he was doing gymnastics and stuff, like I never had an interest going to like any of his meets or things like that, Ooh, which is, which is okay. stuff that I ended up regretting, you know, right. getting older because yeah. I very much support, you know, Thomas now and all of his endeavors. I'd like to be there for all these major moments of his right yeah just as, I know, just as i know he'd like to be there for mine but uh it is it is very interesting watching how that all changes because now we're to the point to where thomas is my younger brother but i would argue that i probably look up to thomas more so than thomas looks up to me you know yeah so it's i agree with you i think it's really important for brother specifically to have that kind of that camaraderie oh absolutely and again that 
I mean, this could just all be opinion-based because both of us grew up the exact same way, being the older brother of two... of two brothers. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's like we both grew up with the exact same experience, so it's just like, no, I never knew what it was like to grow up with a sister. I but didn't know what that I, was like. I will say so me neither, obviously, but right. um and I and I think because of that I kind of searched for one because I have my cousin who lives in Los Angeles. Right, yeah. Who, whom I consider the older sister I never had, you right. know. And, and she does <laughs> and she does play that role in my life, I feel. And I do think that it is important to have that. You know, I I would almost argue that the best scenario as far as getting well-rounded like siblings is two like two boys and a girl, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what we want. Yeah, you know that. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> well, and I I think that I think that's like a well-rounded thing, like specifically an older sister with like two younger brothers, right? right. You have that older sister to kind of, you know. Plus, I feel like that always works well with like with like the younger brothers always like trying to get with girls and stuff later on or trying to date and stuff later yeah. on. One thing that I know my brother and I had, had always struggled with and we're both very outgoing people, but we're still people that where it's like, you know, we don't quite understand how girls think or why girls do the things they do. Right. There are girls that we feel that are out of our league when they're really not out of our league. Yeah. You know, different things like that to where if I had an older sister who could maybe who would been able to you know enlighten me on things or I could mm-hmm. be able to observe as she's going through her shit when yeah. she's getting older I probably would have been better at or bit just had more of an understanding right. of you know a woman's mind you yeah. know, than I currently do yeah and do. she could be like oh no Adam go go for yeah that. <laughs> and even even not even talking about like the dating sphere but even just like li- like little things like maybe being able to relate or empathize with my mom more on certain right. things that maybe currently I'm maybe insensitive about or don't understand oh absolutely simply just because you know I'm a man you know and I've be- grown around you know another uh, brother with a father you know with mm-hmm. my mom being the only girl in the house <laughs> yeah so it's so it's like i so i personally like would like three kids and i would hope that that would be that, you know, that the would outcome be the yeah. but probably not I, I could see myself being somebody who, who it's like i'm either gonna get three boys or three girls right i don't see myself getting a mix you know and so and that becomes a big thing too because my wife is very worried about that outcome happening because my mother only had two kids both boys her mom took uh three boys before she had her first girl it's funny. My dad's parents were the opposite. It was three girls, and really? then he was the first boy. Really? And that's why she kept having kids because she wanted that boy. Ah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it comes down to that, and then of course our first child being a boy, my wife's just like, well, if the next one's a girl, it'll be so nice because then the last one, I don't even care what it turns out to be. It'll be so nice. But if the second one's a boy, I'm gonna be freaking out about the third one you know just sitting here going like oh my god i hope it's a girl (laughs) yeah were you were you hoping and i knew the answer to this when uh you first found out your wife was pregnant but i've just forgotten uh did you want a boy for your first kid yes i I absolutely wanted a boy first Mm -hmm. and it was definitely because you know 
growing up, it's like I only had a brother. You know, I didn't really grow up around little girls and watch them age. So it was always like, well, I can relate to my son more. I know what growing up like a little boy is like. It's like I never grew up around a younger sister or anything. So it's like right. if I get a girl, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be at a disadvantage being a dad. Right. <laughs> exactly. I I almost feel this. I almost feel the same way. But at the same time, I I don't know what it is. I really want a daughter. Yeah. I really want a girl. Yeah. There for at least at least for the first kid, mm-hmm. I would really want a girl. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why that is. It's just a feeling that I have that it will be a girl. I just hey, I just know. Th- Thomas thinks that he's gonna have twins. Oh, does he? Thomas is pretty convinced. Th- th- does that, that run in your twins. family? Um. So I don't, so it's not like a regular thing that runs in my family, but I do remember my mom telling me once that I think somebody on her side had twins at some point. Okay. So it's not out of the question. Right. But I don't think twins is like a genetics thing either. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of talk, but they do say you're more predisposed to twins if you have twins somewhere in your family. And it's like a perfect example of that. And also what I hear is the old saying is uh, twins skip a generation, which for my cousin, it really did Mm. because my cousin's father was a set of twins. Okay. Then she came and now her first two kids were a set of twins. Okay. Interesting. So, well, was that the case though? Like going down? I'm not so sure. Like, I don't, I don't really know my cousin's family tree on, you know, her dad's side. side, Yeah. Yeah. Because of course her mom is my aunt and, you know, her mom is my dad's sister. So, you know, it's her mom that's in this family. It was her dad that was on the outside of our family. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I. I don't know. I. That also scares me too. I'm like, oh, watch. I'm at. Like, I'm gonna get a girl pregnant. And she's gonna have like fucking quintuplets or some oh, shit like God. that. I'm gonna yeah, have five no. kids. Are there? Are there like? Are there things out there like government aid to like? help out families that find themselves in those situations. I've always I, wondered I that. I think there might be. It's like I haven't personally looked Because myself. if you have a wife and you and your wife are trying to have a child and then you have, you know, and then she gets pregnant and then you find out there's five fucking kids in there brewing. <laughs> like, like there has to be some yes. kind of help that's offered out there for Gotta those be. people. Gotta right. Be. I mean, cause that's a lot of money. Now you're talking. Oh like, yeah. You have to buy a new house more than likely. Oh, yeah. Like the fucking diapers. Uh huh. Like, there yeah, no, there has to be some there. kind of help for that. But it is funny going into that because uh, I know my uh, older stepbrother, uh, you know, my stepdad's kids, uh, he uh, got married and it was his wife that was talking him into having kids. Right. And he ended up finally saying, fine, you know, I'll have one kid with you. Got knocked up, had twins. Uh, well, I, at least it was twins, yeah. you know? At least it's like, okay, twins, whatever. Like, yeah. if it was like, oh, wait, we have, you know, triplets, triplets or, or some, some shit. But yeah. still, it was the whole fact of, like, he had finally come around to the idea of, like, okay, just one. I will do just one kid because, you know, you're my wife and, you know, we've talked about this. I will do one. I'm not going 
any further past that. Be right. happy that you are able to convince me to one. And she's like, oh, sorry, here's twins. <laughs> <laughs> See, and those, and those are those like situations that just sit there and make me think like, if there is a God, he has a sense of humor. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> has a sense of humor. <laughs> like for sure though. Oh, absolutely. Kids are crazy, man. So here, here's a funny story. I don't know if I've told you this or not, but I, I, I know I've, uh, but this will be the first time I mentioned this on the podcast. So one thing I've always said, going back to how I, how I do really want a daughter at some point in my life, right? Right. And, you know, and growing up, we, we've all had the points where we sit there and think like, oh, if I had a son, what would I name him? If I had a daughter, what would I name her, right? And I always had this name stuck in my head of what I would name my daughter, you know, and I'm very attached to it so much so to where like if my future wife or the future mother of this child, you know, like I would I would almost argue like I like I really want to name the child this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of like what she wants to name the child. And that was Samantha Elizabeth Hansen, right? Well, Just, you you realize by saying that. If 10 years down the road, you have this child, now the internet knows about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's very true. You can't be putting out those names. Now it's out there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's true. Well, don't you fucking dare, people. (laughs) You leave my daughter alone. (laughs) But what's funny, what's funny though about that is I remember a few years ago, I was sitting down with my parents and I the the conversation of like what I would possibly name future kids just came up, right? Right. And I remember mentioning that to them, and both my parents started laughing, especially my mom. And you know, of course, I'm like, "What the fuck's so funny?" And my mom tells me, she goes, "Adam, if you were a girl, your name." was going to be Samantha Elizabeth Hansen. And she goes, the reason... And so I had a dog growing up, right? That my right. parents got uh, when I was like a toddler. Mm-hmm. And they ended up naming the dog Sam. And the reason why they did that was because they didn't get the daughter yeah, get to the name daughter. Samantha. That's so, funny. Yeah, cre- creepy though, huh? Because yeah. I didn't know that information before right. my parents told me. It's kind of like... Did it ever get brought up, or did you just really like the name of your dog? Or? Well, that was that was yeah, right. Well, that was definitely that was definitely something I had to like wonder about because right. obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is like, okay, well, I feel like my mom had to have mentioned this yeah, to at me at some, some point, point, right? It just yeah. got stuck in my head. But no, dude, I just always thought that name just had a really nice ring to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I thought? Like, it almost sounds like a movie star, right? Right, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? one that would use all three names. Like, yeah, exactly. Like a Jennifer Love Hewitt kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, that's that's always what I would uh, name him. Would you ever... Uh, how do you feel about some of the, like, more nuanced names are coming out. Do you see it more so with celebrities? Definitely. Uh, but like, you know how like, like Kim Kardashian named her daughter North or like, uh, I think Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes have a daughter named Apple. I could be wrong. That could be Gwyneth Paltrow, but one of the celebrities there, there's a little girl named Apple out there. Right. No. <laughs> and it's just like, cause I also, uh, watched the most recent, uh, Netflix special for Kevin Hart. And yeah. he was saying about that, too. It's like, oh, you know, we, we're having another kid right now. It's like, so they have, like, their first son that's Hendrix. Uh-huh. That's his first name. And the n- newest one, again, don't remember, but it's something off, like, 
like uh, like Kaze or something or Kazon or Kazon. something. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'd have to look it up because it's like he said it in the special, but it's still like, why do celebrities feel the need to come up with these very strange, very unique names for their children? Well, um, I almost feel like though that that is just kind of. I feel like that's how it always happens in history. I feel like that's just natural progression of how names happen because you look back at some of the like names that people were called back in the day and like like Aristotle, right? Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. who names their kid Aristotle anymore? Or what like or, Copernicus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Copernicus, like any anything like that. Well, I feel like the way that those names transformed was the celebrities of those times were naming their kids, you know, like right. outland, you know, outland. Back then, what was considered outlandish things. Right. And then it just kind of transformed to what we have well, yeah. now. And it's like, because I'm not going to lie, it's like, I think those old-timey names do kind of hold up because, you know, it's like, it's like the whole thought is like, you know, the hope is three kids, two boys and a girl. But if we do end up the route of three boys uh-huh it's like one name i've always really liked which of course is still under discussion which is why i'm bringing it up because <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna get this name so i'll throw it out there but i've always really liked the name sebastian really yeah and it's just like i know it's like especially our generation it's like there's a bunch of different things that come up it's like mostly the the crab from little mermaid right so course. it's it's of course it's hard not to go there uh-huh. but it's just like but outside of that like going into music and everything it's like mm-hmm. oh well sebastian bach and everything and right so it's like yeah so it's like i don't know it's like i always like the name sebastian so it's like it would be really interesting to you know see that play out but again you know gotta gotta run that one through the wife <laughs> is there is there a girl name that you're like, that like you're very specific to, or um, well, I don't know. It's like it's kind of gone back and forth. It's like initially I was kind of thinking I I really wanted the name Gene. Uh, okay. And it's like I really like that name, but uh, again, not really something that went past the wife. And because of course it's like yeah, and that would probably just be me going super nerdy because it's like that's just totally going to X Men. That's, that's totally <laughs> right. just naming her after Jean Grey. <laughs> you want to know what's funny though? The first name that I thought of, or the first character that I thought of when you said Jean was Jean from Bob's Burgers. Oh, that was okay. the first thing that came to my okay. mind. I knew a gene at one point when I was younger, but uh, blonde kid, blue eyes. Oh. But only gene I've ever known in my entire life. Interesting. Boy or girl, actually. Hmm. Only gene I ever know in my entire life. But no, dude, na- names are crazy. Because, they are. They are. Because then you, like, I mean, that's what you're known for for the rest of yeah. your life, you know? Absolutely. And uh, I don't know. I've, as far as like weirder names go, like out. Off the wall names. There was a name that I heard for a, for a girl. It was actually in a movie, and the movie I'm gonna say is gonna sound really funny. You know, and if I ever have a daughter named this, as she listens back to this, she's gonna fucking slap me or something. <laughs> but did you ever have you ever heard or of uh, the movie Repo the Genetic Opera? Oh, of course, you're the one that turned me on. Okay, okay, yeah. Because of so, course it's like yeah, which of course is a fantastic rock. Musical a little rock opera, opera, yeah, yeah, which I have like totally gone gaga over. It's just well, musicals. The main girl in there, played by Alexa Vega. Oh yeah, her 
uh, her character's name is Shiloh. Yes. And ever since I saw that movie, regardless of what the movie is, the subject matter of the movie, I just... After I heard that, I was like, that's a, I've always felt that was a really pretty name for a girl. Really nice name. You know, like the first girl gets the Samantha Elizabeth, but I'm like, I feel like I would name a girl Shiloh. I really would. So hi, Shiloh. (laughs) Hi, Shiloh. If you're listening to this later, (laughs) dad says hi and that he loves you. (laughs) It's true though. Like, I don't know. Like, but like, that's probably like as off the wall yeah. as I get as far yeah, as no, like, it, names go. It, it definitely did come down to it. It's like I didn't have a whole bunch of names I was waiting for. My wife was really the one that had the names planned. Right. She was going into this like, oh no, I know like what my first son and what my first daughter is going to be named. See, that's how my mom was with me, mm-hmm. definitely. was Because uh, I've obviously have asked her this question before of like, you know, like were there other names that you were, you know, like, you know. Plotting. Plotting or trying to think of whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. And she was like, nope, always knew it was Adam. Always mm-hmm. liked Adam. You're going to be Adam. Like if I was a boy, obviously. If I was a girl, it was going to be the Samantha. So, so was it the biblical context that drew her um, out? Adam? You know, I honestly I don't know. But both my parents are very religious, right. so it's very possible that it could have been from the biblical sense. But when my mom has told me this story before, that was never like part of the story it was never right. like well i really like the name adam from the bible it was yeah. just i like the name adam right you know and i think it's a great name because i love my name yeah, i think yeah. adam's a fucking awesome name it's a great name <laughs> thank I, you I thank it. you but uh <laughs> but no i don't i don't i mean it very well could be because i know my mom uh definitely grew up like catholic right more definitely grew up more religious than my dad did so Mm -hmm. i mean very well could have been from that but i don't think that was like what it's right and it's like i kind of ask that because it's like my wife's family you know grew up very mormon and so they really i did not know that yes grew up very mormon and so a lot of they're not still mormon though uh no no, okay, they, okay. I was going to say, because um, like, I went to your wedding, and there, no, there was no, definitely no. nothing Mormon about um, that wedding. <laughs> I believe her father's side still still does a lot of the Mormon stuff. You know, I'm still okay. very into that. But yeah, uh, her mom's side kind of dropped out of that. But it's, you know, when they were having kids, you know, they were still very Mormon. And so like almost all of their kids' name have some kind of biblical context. You know, they, their names are somewhere in the Bible, all of their kids. Do you plan, and if this is too personal of a question, okay. feel free to turn it down. Can I just reach across the table and slap? Yeah, just you know, follow <laughs> your heart. You know, I just want you to be happy. Uh, but like, do you guys plan on raising your kids with religion at all? Um. Honestly, no. No? I was going to say, because like, I, I know you personally aren't really religious, no, but I, 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 I wasn't sure. I not very religious either. So. Right, but I wasn't sure about your wife or if that was something that maybe you guys wanted to like, uh, delve into. No, or... yeah, because it's like uh, for her growing up, religion was very forced. So it kind of uh, left her a very bad taste in her mouth. So when they kind when mom's side of the family kind of stopped doing that, it was right. just like, oh, Finally. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, she's very not pushing the religion card. I'm very not pushing the religion card. And it's like, it is really funny 
because it's like that's always kind of been my take on religion it's like because uh my mom like when me and my brother were growing up she wanted us to know what it is and maybe try it out or whatever because it's like i (laughs) i guess because my grandmother my mom's mom she is very religious and she pushed a lot of religion on my mother right so you know after my mother had kids you know it was still a lot of push from grandma of like oh they should be you know they should be you know going to sunday school they should be you know doing this and stuff right so uh that that kind of came up and so we we did an occasional like oh you go to the church do the kids stuff while you know all the adults are listening to the you preacher. did you did that or you guys are currently doing that no no no, no we we did that when i was like oh eight gotcha, or nine gotcha. or something like that when i was really young and so that was like the first thing so even at a very young age i was able to pick out almost immediately from religion of like a lot of this feels forced mm. a lot of this feels forced because nobody outside of this church talks this way true so it's yeah. like that was the first thing that came across i'm like this feels really weird you, why why what, is what religion were you like raised um, as christian oh christian okay yeah just very basic so uh it, it just kind of came off that way it's like the you know going to sunday school or whatever just you know going and hanging out with all the other kids and watching right. veggie tales and stuff like that i remember veggie tales yeah yep. veggie tales was always a big one <laughs> during those times and then it's like oh we take a break and now we're gonna read a prayer and then it's still it'd be like oh yeah so you know last sunday you know i was out riding my bike and everything and then i tripped but you know good thing i had pants on or whatever so i didn't scrape my knee it's like you know good thing jesus was watching out for me i'm like who talks like that (laughs) who talks like that outside of this church right and it's like that's why immediately religion just left a very bad taste in my mouth. I I agree with that. And those are things that bother me too. Uh, there was one uh, time, just not, this actually just happened a couple of weeks ago, where there, one of my coworkers at work, her best friend is a Mormon girl mm-hmm. who actually just came back from her mission. Oh, okay. And because of where she was placed for her mission, she had to learn Mandarin Chinese. Oh, so interesting she, so weirdest thing this, this i got to meet this girl blonde hair blue eyes like the most aryan looking fucking girl you can met very you know, caucasian flu, very american fluent mandarin chinese yeah weirdest fucking thing so to watch weird. so weird. and uh but i asked her i was like how did you learn because she learned it in such because for those who don't know like a mormon mission is two years oh yes absolutely so she learned it in such a short amount of time and mandarin chinese is supposed to be one of the if not the hardest language to learn yeah yeah no it, it's definitely up there is because it's like i know a lot of other cultures will say english is almost impossible well, to e- english is up there also but yeah. i think mandarin oh no mandarin's english. really bad and i know japanese is really bad there's another one too yeah and they were, I think Finnish is actually the like highest ranking really? one to learn. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, but anyways, but I had asked her like, how did you learn Mandarin Chinese so fast? And, you know, she goes like, she said something like hard work, teachers and prayer, you know? And I was like, mm, I don't think you're, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know? Think you're, I think you're passing away a lot of the credit, which is. Which is always what's so funny because it's like I've heard – it's like, you know, I've 
I've been throughout the years, and it's like I've seen what sermons given at various churches and stuff. And right. it's like, it's really funny because I hear a lot of the philosophy and I'm like, that sounds fantastic. And then you start saying God and Jesus. And I'm like, okay, you know, again, I don't have a problem with the religion aspect, you know, you be whatever you want to be, you know, everybody's free to do what they want to do. It just feels like, it's like, I hate to say this too, because it does kind of come off bad. It's like, it feels like it taints it. Yeah. And, it's uh, like, and yeah. I, I, I don't like to say that because it's like, I don't have a problem with religion. You know, it's just, it's not my thing. It's not what I invested in. It's not what I've put my time in. And then it just feels like, well, of course, it's like, it's probably your fault for going to the church. And then right, <laughs> if right. you, if people are talking about Jesus and God and you're at a church, it, it, you have no right to complain. I, yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah. I mean, well, the issue that like my brother and I always have with, with religion and my brother, but my brother and I was a little different than a lot of people because we grew up Catholic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And anybody who grows up Catholic knows it's very different than like Christianity. And in regard, like the beliefs are much more set in stone. Oh, right? absolutely. You know? And so one thing now, uh, just just disclosure here like i love my parents very much i i don't blame them at all for this this is just the way they were raised this is their beliefs and everyone's allowed to have their beliefs and Absolutely. of course i'm going to be raised with those beliefs but like one thing my brother and i always had issues with once we got older and we were able to kind of look back at that kind of stuff was it was always kind of this if you do bad like don't do bad things because then you'll go to hell Right. right. Yes. And I always hated that. It's like I want my kids to not do bad things because it's wrong to do. Yeah. For not, morality's sake. Not because of this fear that you're going to go to hell if you do bad things. Yeah. Because then what's the reasoning? Why is it bad? Oh, it's just bad because hell. Well, that doesn't really allow me to grow and learn and have a more right. open mind. Well, and don't get me wrong. My brother and I ended up being very well-rounded people. Being, oh, absolutely. Growing up I, I don't, Catholic. I don't think that Catholic, Christianity, Mormon, or any of them, you know, corrupt to the core children. It's like, I think you could still be raised perfectly fine in any religion. Right. You know, I think, you know, you could turn out better than somebody that isn't raised in religion. Yes. So it's like, I don't think the religion has an effect on your capabilities or your potential. Right. I, I don't think <clears throat> that whatsoever. So it, it just really becomes, I just, it, it's like kind of just another thing of like, I don't like the force v version of it. I don't like it. Oh, well, all of this is because of Jesus. It's just like... Yeah, see, but it's like, I don't have those beliefs, and if I did have a belief, I didn't come to you and say, oh, well, you know, the only reason you're doing so well in your life is because of this, you know, this various, you know, person yes. or whatever, or, you know, even if you were 100% atheist and used science as a religion of just like, right. oh, well, you know, science is the only reason you got to where you are, and genetics are the only reason. It's like, okay, so I'm not free, I don't have a choice. It's just right, and it's like I again. I know it's just it was just something that I noticed growing up, mm -hmm. and it was just something that it's like I just couldn't ever get behind. It's just oh, okay, yeah, we're having a good conversation, and everything seems great, and this is how everybody else talks, and then oh, Jesus, this God, that and I'm like, 
Yeah, but I, I'm like, it feels like if it is so normal and it's so accepted, why do you have to restrain yourself from saying Jesus and God every other word in other company yes. outside of the church? Yes. Outside of the church. It's like, and I know there there are plenty of very religious people that will continue to talk about Jesus and God outside of church mm-hmm. and just throw his name around constantly. Of right. Like, oh, he's fantastic. He does everything for us. But then again, I know a lot of people that go to church and talk about Jesus one day a week. Yes. And then they never say his name for the other six days of well, the week. Well, and speaking of church, that was also another issue I had as I got older and was able to look back on stuff in retrospect to where I was just like, I never understood. Because growing up, you know, as a kid, I hated going to church. Oh, yeah. You know, I hated Sundays because I knew we had to go to church. Mm -hmm. And I have to sit there for an hour. You know, this little fucking kid with tons of energy (laughs) have to sit there for an hour and listen to some old guy talk about things that are going over my head at the time. Oh, absolutely. You know, which is why I do appreciate the churches going and investing in the kids time by having a Sunday school for the kids where they can hang out with other people their age. And I think that's where Christianity got it right. Well, let me rephrase. I think that's where people who are Christian got it right Right. and Catholics got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I even remember my parents always kind of complaining about growing up was there was never really something offered for the kids. Now, my brother and I did go to like a religious kind of school thing. So it was like every Wednesday and Sunday night, we went to the church where they basically, it was Bible school, basically. You went oh, okay. there, you talked okay. about God for an hour. Yeah. Right? And I I hate, I got in trouble there. Like I just, <laughs> I, I did, I, I remember I had to one time, you know, I was always the class clown. And when I was in Bible school, that was no different. Right. And I remember at one point I had to write a hundred times. I had to write a hundred lines saying, I will not, I will not like speak out in class. I will not speak out in class. I had to write that a hundred fucking times. And you know, and that's, that that doesn't make me like religion any better. You know, (laughs) it's, it's real funny too, to go off on a side tangent, just on that. You realize that it's like hearing about kids in school now and everything, too. That's not a punishment that happens anymore. That's true. Yeah. It, it is something that the next generation, Generation Z, is like like just completely unaware of, of like sitting down and writing the, the same sentence 100 or 200 well, times. Well, to be fair, I never had to do that in regular school. That's true. You know? I, I think I might have had to do it one time when I got detention. But it's still, it's like, I think it's real funny because it's like all, it's like if you ever had to do that. You know all the tricks. Yes. Because one, every sentence starts with I, so you just start by drawing a line all the way down the paper. <laughs> and then you just mark all the I's all the way up. And then you can do the same thing. It's like, oh, I know. Well, K has a line, so you just draw another line all the way down. Right. Like, you try to make it as easy as possible. Right. But again... It's- it was, I don't know, re- religion to me is like, I obviously, I like, I don't have quite an issue with kids being raised with religion simply, I don't, no, I don't si- think simply because like my brother and I, you know, we're two people who are, you know, raised with religion. And like I said, we're very well-rounded people. Mm-hmm. We're, we're definitely not as religious as my parents would right. like us to be by far. But like one thing I always have issue with is, is like the stories of the Bible, right? Because one, the Bible is written by men, you know, 
And two, I always look at the stories in any religion as like the game of telephone, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's it's something happened. That person who witnessed that thing happening told somebody. Then that person told somebody. Then that person told somebody. So you don't think after like 2,000 years that the story probably got skewed a little bit? Yeah. Like, and, and it's like, and I, I do hate to bring it up. It's like, because I did hear somebody kind of uh, hit on this too that also isn't very religious whatsoever. Of like, isn't it also kind of weird that. Everything that's in the Bible really just applies for the time the Bible was written. Right. Like, and I, it was a pretty good joke that I heard at the time. It's just like, why isn't there anything in the Bible? It's just like, even just one thing that made no sense to the people at mm-hmm. that time, but makes sense to us now. Like, hey, I know you guys don't know what this means. But, you know, thou shall really not steal thy neighbor's Wi-Fi. I know you don't know what that means yet, (laughs) but that will be very important in a couple thousand years. Well, and I think that's the thing with, I mean, people who are religious, I think, would just argue that it's it's a very broad kind of sense of it, right? Oh, and I I know a lot of the passages try to be very vague on mm -hmm. what they're trying to say so they can reach out as... Right, Because it's like, and I, and it's like, again... Plenty of religious people can correct me if I'm wrong and feel free to, you know, comment down below. <laughs> I have no problem. It's like, you know, I, I, I'll talk to people, you know, it's like, I don't have a problem. I, I like having open-ended discussions, even about things like religion that everybody says, oh, that's a taboo topic. You should never talk about that because right. you're going to start huge, explosive arguments. Right. So, you know, again, feel free. I will have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, th- one, oh, I'm sorry. You, you yeah, yeah, you no, I, I was just going to say that, uh, it just kind of comes down to, you know, with religion, it's like, it's, it's kind of like the Bible is your morality. You yes. are not allowed to decide your morality for yourself. This book decides it for you. Correct. Which has kind of been my experience. Again, never read the Bible. Don't know it. Uh-huh. Don't know a lot of the passages. Right. So, but it just, it does kind of give that thing. It was just like, okay, well, if we were supposed to be given free will, which again, don't know if we were according to the Bible. Uh, but if we were, why is our morality decided for us? Mm-hmm. Why is our morality not something we decide? Well, are, I would argue, because I have read the Bible. Don't get me wrong, it's been years. Right. But I have read the Bible. And the thing is, our morality isn't decided for us. Okay, our, okay. Our, our morality is very is very much something that we choose because there is free will. You know, that, right. And that, I, I guess kind of what I was going off of is throwing back to what you said. Uh, uh-huh. If you're bad, you go to hell. And there is a list... Or maybe not a per se list, but an unwritten book of what right. is and isn't bad. Well, and re- but remember also that that is that is based off of Catholicism, which is a branch of Christianity. Oh, okay, okay. So the the kind of the big difference with Catholicism compared to like the Christianity religions, such as like Lutheran or Methodist or just Christian, right? Right. Is 
Catholicism takes the Bible very literally. Okay. That's the big that's the big difference between right. the other ones. Whereas like Christianity the other branches of Christianity kind of take it as a like a set of guidelines, right? So a perfect example of this <clears throat> is a big argument in regards to the Bible is being gay, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a line in the Bible that and I, I'm I'm not going to get this 100% right, but <laughs> it says something along the lines of like, like thou shall not lie with another man. This is something like it's an specifically uses the word. It's an abomination. Correct. Right. So if you're Catholic, that's looked at as. It's an abomination. Don't fucking do it. Right. God is very literal. Very I literal. actually just listened to a podcast with Ben Shapiro. Um, and those out there who don't know, Ben Shapiro is just, uh, he's a, he's a Orthodox Jew, but he's right. a, he's a big conservative, right? You yeah. Know, he's, yes. he's considered alt right to a lot of people, but you, this particular podcast was not about politics. It was about his religion and his beliefs. And he is somebody who believes that even if you have the tendency to be attracted to men and want to be with men, it is your duty as told by God to fight those uh, right, urges. Isn't, isn't those urges are brought upon by Satan. That wasn't the argument for okay. this, but, okay. but, but he, all he was saying was if you have that tendency, he thinks that you should fight against them right. and only be with a woman. And, right? and I think, I think we <clears throat> do see that in a lot of other religions too, because I know uh, that's something that's even like kind of hit on with Mormonism. Mormonism too. But, uh, but before you go any further, the point I wanted to make though is I happened to live with somebody who's very religious who's been on this podcast yes, very much, and that yes. is Matthew. Love Matthew. Again, yeah. another perfect example of somebody well, who's very religious that I'm fine with. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think he's great. Well, yeah, and and I do too. And I've had a lot of conversations with Matthew in regards to his beliefs because, and don't get me wrong, I, I do think a lot of the religious beliefs are bullshit. And I think a lot of Matthew's beliefs are bullshit also. Hey, but, hey still love you, Matthew. <laughs> but what I do appreciate about Matthew's interpretations of the Bible mm-hmm. are like, and this is something that Christianity kind of allows you to do that Catholicism does not, is I asked Matthew in regards to like the abomination thing, because as you know, we live with a gay man, him and I both. Right, absolutely. And the way that Matthew described it that I found very interesting and I think would be even more true if there is a God and if God did hand down these words for the Bible is he said, abomination did not mean the same thing now Ah, that it means back then. All it was saying is that it's weird. That's that. That's oh. Matthew's interpretation. Interesting. All God was saying is there's gonna be gay people. It's gonna be fucking weird, right? You know, and those are the things that always interest me with the Bible. As somebody who maybe isn't a hardcore believer, 
I, I, I look at the Bible and the stories from those kind of religions the same way as I look at people who are really into like Greek mythology, right? Okay. I really enjoy the stories. I really enjoy movies that have their own interpretations of what the devil is or what God is, especially oh, when you get to see those visuals of how they think. Like if you were to meet the devil, what would it be like? Yeah. If you were to meet God, what would he look like? You know? Yeah. Um, but it, it's the interpretations that matter and, and how you decide to, to what's the word I'm looking for? How you decide to preach those interpretations onto other people. One thing I do really appreciate about Matthew is Matthew won't talk about his beliefs unless he's asked about it, you know? Again, Whereas, another fantastic You know, Matthew point. isn't somebody who, like, if I asked him, how did you learn Mandarin Chinese? His, his answer's not gonna Lord. be, I prayed, you yeah. know? Even if that is how he feels. Sure, absolutely. But I do feel like when you say things like that, that's still kind of pushing, like, indirectly pushing your belief. Yeah, and that, that's kind of and that's that was always my take from being in sunday school and everything of like yeah it always feels really pushed like i'm already here i'm already in the church do mm-hmm. you need to keep pushing mm-hmm. and again it's like but then again it's like that was my version as a kid yeah and it was never like oh you know this is just how they talk this is how they are this is you know this is the way they like to live their lives Yeah, exactly. Well, and one thing I always tell people, too, when I have the conversation about religion, especially with religious people, Mm -hmm. and it's sad that I have to do this, but, like, I am somebody to where if somebody asks me, Adam, do you believe in God? I tell them no. But here's the thing. That's a lie because I do believe in God. But the reason why I feel compelled to tell these people no is because... You don't believe in their God? It's not... Well, yes and no. So when they ask me, do you believe in God? The reason why I ha- I feel compelled to say no is because I feel when they hear the term God, they hear the name God, they're thinking of a bearded man in the sky that you know that created man in his image whatever it is right yeah i don't that is not this is the yes or no part that is not my god yeah i i do believe in god i do believe there is a singularity that exists in existence that we are the result of its creation i yeah but, and, and see it's like i can see that and it's like that's where a lot of people and it's like, it's really sad because it's like the terminology for that would be agnostic, right? Right, yeah. And then yet, I feel like a lot of people that have faith or whatever always look at ag- as agnostics as the easy way out. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like, I think agnostic is just a way of saying, I believe that there's something more out there, but I'm not going to sit there and try to understand what that something is. Yeah. And, and I think that's the mistake with a lot of religion. And I could be wrong about this, but I'm pr- I'm pretty confident that in the Bible somewhere, um, it there's even a line in there or a passage that even says that it's like a sin to even try to fathom what God is. Hmm. I know? wouldn't be surprised. And so it's like, 
And when you have this book that's written by men, and I'm not saying Jesus wasn't real. I'm not saying that the stories in the Bible did or did not happen. All I'm saying is me as Adam, as just this average 27-year-old male trying to get through life, I have no fucking clue. Yeah. But I think it's ignorant to assume that there's something more not out there. Yes. You know? And, and that is the perfect description I would give as well. Mm-hmm. Because I I believe pretty much the same kind of concept of there has to be something more that we're just not aware of. But again, I'm not going to put a label or a name tag on it. Right. So it's just like I don't like giving the God figure a, a name and yeah. an identity when it's just like I don't know what it is. And I feel comfortable in the fact that I don't know. Yes. I feel very comfortable that I don't know what that su- yes. superior existence is. And the thing is, if there is a God, I don't, th- I don't think he, he expects us to no. know. And you know? I, I actually heard somebody put it very well of like, oh, how can you believe that a God exists? How can you believe in religion or whatever? It's just like... You know, look at how everything goes. It's like, you know, when you die, you just go back into the earth and everything. And that's it. There's no way to prove that some being exists or whatever. It's like we're all just a compilation of atoms and everything put together. So it's just like, how could you possibly believe that, you know, something so crazy and spectacular that you can't explain exists? And he just put a very simple point of, well, how are you going to tell me that out of all of this space, these rocks combine together in the perfect zone in front of a star and all of a sudden started growing life on it that would eventually evolve into humans and all of that was just, oops, an accident. What? <laughs> well, the thing is, I I would I would almost disagree with that explanation because I do believe that we are an accident as, as far as like the universe is concerned and everything. It, mm-hmm. It's funny. We actually, um, I don't know if you've listened to the past uh, few podcasts from the I past have. few days, but Thomas and I actually talked about mm-hmm. that. Do you remember? And I was saying, you know, there with all the trillions of planets that oh, are absolutely. out there and everything, we might be point zero 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 one percent, but yeah. that point zero 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 one percent, it could still be, you know, billions of planets. Right. No, and that's that's actually fantastic too because that kind of rolls into one of my other points that, you know, I even commented on that video as well. That brings up the Fermi paradox. Yes, I do remember that. Yes, yeah. because that is exactly what the Fermi paradox is. The paradox is that with all of these stars and planets and everything out there, now that we know planets are not a weird strange occurrence that just about every single star in the galaxy has at least one or has two, at least yeah. one or two and that out of all of those you know we that's what they were saying is basically even if we said that 0.1 percent of all the stars in existence had a planet in the earth zone uh-huh. that could have that could make habitable life we would still have 200,000 planets in existence yes that could form habitable life yes and not only could they form habitable life, they could have formed habitable life two billion years before the Earth did. Yes. And you're telling me none of them have shown any signs of life. That's the paradox, is if there is so much evidence, why have we not seen anything? 
Well, well, the argument is that we possibly have. We you know, possibly have. Because we have found a lot of exoplanets Absolutely. that we know are Earth-like. Right. And But then again, that also comes into my theory, too. Uh, well, and again, there's plenty of great videos out there on YouTube that will kind of show you, like, the thought behind of why we haven't come across life. Right. And it's like, it's hard for me to believe that, you know, Earth came across life and we were the superior being. We were able to stop the alien from coming down to Earth and, you know, interacting with us. You're telling me that life has existed almost a billion years longer than human life and we were able to, you know, capture an alien? What? Yeah, those... <laughs> Those what? are definitely some of the issues I have. <laughs> oh. Well, and especially when you get into like the thought process of one th- one semi recently new information that we have found is we used to think that light was the fastest thing in the universe, right? right? Well, we know that's not true now, right? Because what we know it's what tachyons. T- tachyons is one theory. Um, another one though is uh, like dark matter and dark energy. Yes, yes dark because. Matter. And then that's where you really start getting into quantum physics and everything, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, love yeah. quantum physics. <laughs> which we could get into another day, because oh, that's, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yes, it but I do love that stuff, too. I've read up a lot mm-hmm. about that stuff. But when it when it comes down to that kind of stuff, it's like, j- just as you said, we we know that even if we could travel at the speed of light... Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say we were able to invent a ship that could travel right. at the speed of light. It would still be impossible, impossible to reach. Ooh, burp. Hey. excuse me. It would still be impossible to reach these other galaxies. Oh, yeah. Because they're moving away from us. Yeah, because of how Earth expands. And that's what they said. Our observable galaxy contains up to like nine billion stars. What we can observe from where we are. Yes. Which is even still in itself crazy to think about. Yes. But it, it was also the fact that our local cluster, which contains the Milky Way galaxy, the Andromeda galaxy, and... I 50, think like five others. Yeah, some kind like of that, number yeah. of other galaxies. It's like, that's our local cluster. Uh-huh. And we are one local cluster of thousands. Yes. And in order to travel from our local cluster out into the vacuum emptiness of space where not even stars exist uh-huh. over to the next <laughs> yes. local cluster, it, they said even traveling at the speed of light would take over a billion years before you could even get close to the exactly. next local cluster. And it's just like, and it's so crazy. And it's like, yeah, and it's exactly that reason because space is always expanding. And just the thought of like, oh, that's just what we can observe. There is 100% more than likely even more that we can't observe. Yes. And so it's like, yes, that's where it gets really crazy for me to think about, you know, alien life and like that too of like, oh no, it's like we're we're aware of it. And it's like, again, not to harp on Thomas's points and everything because it's like I really liked what he had to say. And it's like I really wanted to have a conversation with him about that too. Right. Which sometime in the future, Thomas, we'll, <laughs> we'll get together and we'll have a good conversation. But it, it's it does kind of feel like if there is a superior intelligence to us on Earth that they would kind of it's like that we would think they would probably take the Star Trek route. Right. That we're still too underdeveloped. 
Yes. That it wouldn't be worth making contact with us because it would create mass hysteria, which is pretty much what Thomas said, too, of why it's being hidden Mm -hmm. is because of mass hysteria. But I also think that we have life out there that is way more superior than us, that is watching us, that is taking a look at us and just like, no, they're not ready. They're not ready for prime time yet. Well, and fuck, if there is other life out there that's that intelligent, I don't even think they look at us and go, they're not ready. I think they look at us and go, oh, look at these microorganisms. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, we're so Oh, look, they still have corporeal bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, a a great example of that in one of my favorite, favorite movies is the movie interstellar oh yes i know i know how much you love that and uh have have you seen that movie yet okay it took me two watches before i really kind of grasped like grasped the concept of it but like well at the end and this is gonna be a spoiler but the movie's been out for years so big old spoiler so get the fuck well i mean if you've lasted this long i'm surprised by you anyway we've gone quite a bit over anyways yes. but let's keep going let's keep going let's we're not done do it. We, i still got i still got like half of my second beer yet yeah. left let's do it let's do it but uh like they stated in the la in the end of that you know matthew mcconaughey's character finds himself in this tesseract right yeah and for those who don't know what a tesseract is a tesseract is a fourth dimensional cube and he finds himself in this tesseract and he even says in there he goes you know they Aliens didn't send me here. We sent me here. You know, yeah. humans sent me here. Just humans that have evolved past the point of third and fourth dimension. Because what do you say? They go, they lived in a, they created this fourth, dim- this fifth dimensional space in a fourth dimensional cube that could be observed in a third dimensional space yeah. so that he could understand it. Yeah, like they made it specifically so he could understand mm-hmm. it and take the to get a real grasp of it. Right. But then it's like, yeah, which does just end up with a lot of leading questions of why him? Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. so it's like, which is, of course, that those were like kind of my initial problems with the movie at first. But then having a second watch of like, Okay, no, it's like if you focus more on the concepts, it's like it's really a crazy movie. And just to really get a good look, because it's like, of course, it's like you're trying to put a physical picture over something we can't even possibly comprehend, which is like why you have all that strange imagery at the end of the movie, because it's just like, this is the best kind of imagery we could give to a Tesseract. Right. You couldn't even possibly grasp what that would look Mm -hmm. like, so we're just going to kind of do it and i think they did a fantastic job yeah absolutely and but it was just really crazy to see the idea of time as a dimension yes exactly well that's what they believe yeah and that's absolutely what they believe and i believe that too i believe time is the fourth dimension that once we get to the next dimension it will be time is just a point on a graph Yes. And you can, the way you can just go from point A to point B on a two-dimensional graph, you'll be able to go from 1898 to 30,586 just by uh, hopping a skip. Because time is just a point. Yes, exactly. And that's why I think, too, in regards to, like, religion and, like, what happens when we die, for example, right? So we know that we humans are made up of energy. You know, mm-hmm. as Neil deGrasse Tyson has famously said, we're made of star stuff, right? Yeah. So, and we know that matter cannot be 
that that matter is finite, right? Yes. We, so we know that there's a finite number of matter, and it can change, it can fuse, but you you cannot change the amount of matter there is. And now, then, yeah, because energy is the same way; energy cannot be destroyed or created. It just or it what just, is it? I think I think you have that right. I yeah, yeah. And it's like it can only continue to exist because it's like even when yes. energy is used, it is dissipated as heat. Yes, which is like one of the first laws of thermodynamics. Yes, exactly. So, like one theory that Justin and I have talked about a lot in regards to like what happens when you die is we know that our brains have DMT yes. in there, right? Yeah, and we know that when you die, DMT gets released. Yeah. And those out there who have done any kind of psychedelic in their life kind of knows what it's like to teeter on those kind of different, you know, variations. And so one thing that we believe that could be after you die is you basically create your own heaven, I could right. totally see that. So and, it, and it, so does it become like this process of kind of going the inception route of since you're in your own head, time moves at a much slower time? Well, the t- time's non-existent, right? Time, okay. Time's a point on a graph. But yet your brain still exists in your body and at some point oxygen will stop going to it and it will cease to move and exist on a third dimensional plane sure but so now you get to a point where you're able to exist on a fourth dimensional plane so are we talking on your way to death or after all of that's done after death after that so, so i so think all all your heart stopped beating the electricity in your brain has ceased well look at it this way so if we're if we're thinking about the so by the way guys i i'm a little tipsy I've had some drinks in me, so bear with me here. Which is also why this is going on. <laughs> Which is also why this is going on longer. Longest but podcast on the channel. <laughs> but uh, so, okay, so bear with me here. So I believe that all of us existed at one point. This is kind of going to be a pun. But at one point existed as just that, a point. Okay. Right? So then something happened to where we now were no longer a point. We're a line. We're a line, right? However you want to interpret that, I, I think go I know for it, right? I okay. Think I know where you're going with this. So then from the line, you are birthed into a third dimension, and, yeah. right? So now we are or, third. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it would be a line to a shape to. Yeah, so we become a shape, right? Yeah, so now we have two dimensions. Now we have. And now, and now we become life and we enter the third dimension. Third dimension. So I think death is just the natural progression. Is the door. From third to fourth. And then once you enter into that existence, that fourth dimensional existence, there's something else that happens. We call it death in the third dimension. Maybe it's something different in the fourth dimension that helps you lead on to that fifth dimension. Yeah. And then so on and so forth to where basically – and then you could argue – now, If I believe the argument is that you can only go up to ten dimensions, right? Ten well, dimensions is like everything. Again, it's like that also becomes like – it's even difficult to explain going into a fifth dimension where – 
time is now not even what we're traveling by that it's not just a moving point that it's like it, that right. time exists as one of the sides as something bigger well just just to jump up like if you were to go to like the 10th dimension 10th 10th dimension is basically supposed to be uh, you know, like everything that every possibility of everything that could happen in infinite oh, possibilities. Right. right. But then again, it's, I think you get to that a, a little bit sooner than 10. You think so? I think so. Because it's like, if you look at time as four uh-huh. and then, so then if you jump to five, five would be, I, I don't know, to where, so if you look at it, cause it's like, you kind of have to backpedal. It's like, okay, so what is one dimension to two dimension to three dimension? Three dimension is multiple two-dimensional shapes, right? Existing right. in a combination. So then the fifth dimension would have to be multiple lines of time existing together. Mm, yes and no. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to explain the dimensions <laughs> as far as I can from my Be- current because knowledge. Because it is, and right? it's like I think it probably goes beyond ten. It's just beyond human comprehension. Yes and no. Okay, hold on. Let, let me try to <laughs> let me try to explain the dimensions to the best of my knowledge. Okay. Go ahead, man. So, ahead. all right. So, let's start with third dimension, right? Third dimension is a very linear dimension, right? We mm-hmm. experience time as in there is a starting point and there is an ending point. You cannot go back and visit future points or past points. You stay on a linear line, correct? Okay. So fourth dimension now. Fourth dimension is there is a line and you can travel anywhere that you want on that line, but only on, on that line. Okay, so I see what you're saying. Okay. So then fifth five. dimension is now there's multiple possibilities. Right. So now time isn't the line. The Basically, the multiverse theory is the line. Yes. So now there are multiple universes, but you can only travel to them. You don't see them as a whole. You only see them as what they are, uh, in which are points right now. Yes. So five is multi, is multi, uh, what did I just say? Multidimensional? Yeah. Multi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Multiverse. 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 Multiverse, multiverse. theory. Multiverse theory, which is parallel universes. So so then that means five is parallel universes, but those parallel universes are just points. Yes. And you can just travel between them, but still you're still held by what you were held by in the fourth dimension. Yes. So then when you get to something like the sixth dimension, which is something very few people have tried to even comprehend i think six is where you okay so maybe you don't have the complete view of every multiple universe of every possible universe and every possible outcome so you don't see the full tree and every branch and where every branch leads at six right but it's like i feel like you're really close at six well the the only reason why i'm close is because i've watched a lot of youtube videos that have described (laughs) all the dimensions to me and currently i'm having just a hard time remembering them but but basically when you get but basically the general consensus is that that there is 10 
right? Okay. okay. And then once you get to 10, 10 is every single possibility in every single way, infinite possibilities, so you see, infinite time. So you see the tree. It's God. It's God. Yeah, it's you, God. You see the tree, which is every branch is a possible universe in a pos- it's basically the tree of life. Yes. And uh, so, but going back on the original point and a good place to just kind of wrap up here is I think that we humans and what I think that God ultimately is, right, is going back to what Neil deGrasse Tyson has said, right? We are made of star stuff. And we cannot, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Matter is finite. So all that stuff does is redistributes throughout the dimensions. So if you look at God as just the singularity point of everything coming together, everything, I'm going to downgrade this to try to explain it on a more fathomable scale right right yeah yeah, yeah. a theory that i have in regards to our own dimension Mm -hmm. the third dimension and how it was created compared to the fourth dimension is black holes oh so like uh using black holes as like wormholes no Okay, okay so i believe so what's a what's a fourth dimensional cube right it's a tesseract right and if you see a picture of a tesseract or a gif of, te- of a tesseract it's a cube that's constantly moving in and out it's of itself right yes so the way now how would you describe a fourth dimensional sphere it it would the best way to depict it in a third dimensional space would be like a donut yeah looking thing right okay So I believe, this is just my own personal theory, I believe that black holes are this opening into a fourth dimension. Okay, so the black hole itself is the door. Yes. So, but I believe that all the black holes in existence in our third dimensional universe all lead to one point, regardless of where they are. Regardless of where they're located, they so every time they're sucking in something, it's all going to one single point, I right? Can see that. Okay, so now follow me here. So we know a theory that we know is that at one point all of these black holes are going to come together, they're going to collide, and they're going to suck in everything from the universe, correct? Mm-hmm. So now here's what happens. What is a black hole? A black hole is nothingness. It's blackness as far as we currently know, yes. correct? So now let's say, let's go trillions and trillions and trillions of years in the future. And there's one star left. There is a super duper fucking omega black hole that exists. That is a culmination of all the black holes that have collided with each other at this point. And there is one star left in the third dimensional universe and that black hole finally gets to a point to where it sucks in that star so now all the matter and all the energy from that star are now brought into this one single point that everything else in our third dimensional universe has also been brought into mm-hmm. well now what has to happen it's too much now it's the threshold so what does it have to do it has to expand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boom. No, the I, Big Bang. I, I have thought about that. It's a repeating so, cycle. Right. 
So, because and that, that's how you get the big bang. It's no. this fourth and, dimension. And it's because it, so, it all becomes that way too. Of, yes. It's the explanation of, okay, well, big bang, but what, what came before the big bang? Exactly. And so, that's what we look at. It's like, oh, well, everything, the big bang happened, everything expanded. Well, the inverse of that to go backwards would mean before it exploded, it was all coming together. Yes. So going back on my point of like the 10th dimension is, and a lot of people who are religious believe this. And what I believe is we are God. God is us. So the 10th dimension, all it is, is the culmination of everything, so everything that could possibly back. exist in any of the dimensions, any bit of energy that could exist in any of them, in any of the multiverses. It's just all of it coming together to a point, and that point expands, and that is God. So then the idea is, even though we're expanding, at some point we're all going to be getting sucked back in by an, a gigantic black hole. And we'll all eventually... Well, what, whatever, whatever, that, whatever the equivalent of a black hole is for a 10th dimension, for right, sure, right, right. yeah. But so eventually all matter will come back together. So it's like, is that basically all of us eventually end up coming back to... We're all just pieces of God and we all come back together and form God. But God, God's existence in itself should not exist. So therefore it blows up in a big bang and separates itself until it's eventual recombination in an endless cycle. Yes. Okay. I got you. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I so. what, what <laughs> but that is, time. but that is what I believe. I, I think, you know, there'll be more podcasts where I maybe expand on that a little more. Oh, absolutely. But I, I would but I love do. to be a I, part of it. I do believe that we are all, like, if there is a God, we are all God. God is us. And we are the culmination. We are what happens when God separates itself. And, it is and a, that, that is what a you get. wonderful theory, Adam. Well, thank you. I appreciate because it. Because, unfortunately, we probably won't still be around to prove your theory. Well, <laughs> We will though, because that's the oh, thing. Us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not, energy- not the version of us that we no. know currently. Not, but not yeah. Adam and Kyle, but whatever no. our yes. next lives are. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I think. Uh, I think an hour and a half yeah. is uh, is, is a it, long is enough it, podcast. It's a, good, it's a good time to cut it. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening tonight. Seriously, uh, if you made it all the way to the end of this, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> We started with kids, yes. and then we started. We came, actually it was actually a good transition. Yeah, it was kids, a good transition. And then the creation of the universe. And, and you know what? I I also want to find out who made it to the end. So if you did make it to the end, I want to see you comment, Toffee, Toffee, Toffee. Okay, then we'll know who made it through the entire hour and a half. If you made it to the end of the Kyle and Adam podcast. Comment toffee down below in the comments. And, and we'll know. We'll, we'll give you a wink. Mm, we'll give you a, a wink. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Remember, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. Uh, remember, we do have a Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash heartily millennial. If you enjoyed this conversation, let us know. Uh, we'll be more than happy to deliver more of that to you. 
And any final thoughts, Kyle? Um, you know what? Life is a very strange, ambiguous thing. So you know what you should do with it? Hmm. Enjoy it. Enjoy the fuck out of it, Enjoy guys. Enjoy the fuck out of your life. Mm-hmm. What What else you got to do? What else you got to do with your time in your life? You know, go to work, pay off student debts, but yeah. whatever. That's but after all. that, after <laughs> that, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself, guys. All right. I have to pee. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank I love you so you. much for listening. Have a good night, you guys. Good night, everybody. Or good morning, whenever you listen. This is bye. I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs>